All right, so we'll cut back over to Cranthon and Cade. You were making some stealth checks. Well, we do. 22. 12. (laughs) (laughs) Stealthy halfling, Iron Man. All right, so I'm going to roll to see how many of the hounds and the uh, elves might have a chance to see you, and then I will roll. That's uh, what Cranthon gets for feeding the owlbear. He's got residual stew on his hands. We'll, we'll check their perception versus your stealth. All right. So Cade goes first. You flit shadow to shadow, and you make it right up to the door without any problems, and you find that it is cracked open, almost invitingly. Cranthon is lumbering a little bit more towards the door, and right about the time that you're about 20 feet away, you hear sort of a low growling sound. And off to your left, about 15 feet away, one of these nettle hounds uh, has apparently caught your scent. And it's just, again, you know, think of it just like a dog. It's sort of hunched up and it's just showing its teeth and it's just growling and it's getting a little bit louder. I'm going to pick up my pace and go to the door and close it. Beef jerky lodge. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Can you sneak attack with beef jerky? Sure. So you throw some beef jerky, Cranthon runs over and gets into the door and then shuts it behind you. All right, so you guys are now inside the mansion, and uh, it's well-appointed when you get inside there. Definitely money. There's, you know, just everywhere you look, there's artifacts, uh, uh, you know, crystal and and, uh, marble and mahogany woods and carpets. And uh, even this being like the servant's entrance, it's still well-appointed. So this is clearly someone who has more money than they know what to do with. I'm going to listen at the door and see if it sounded like the dog porcupine thing went for the beef jerky or not. Uh, actually, you uh, you hear it's just on the other side of the door and it's starting to paw at the door. Okay. I'm going to open the door and grab it by the neck and choke it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we will roll initiative just to see uh, if you are able to do that. I just surprise attacked it. It knows you're there. A 20. Okay, that actually will do it. So you're able to throw open the door and you can basically make like a grapple check. Are you going to like just try to punch him in the head or what do you want to do? I'm going to try to grab it by the neck and just choke it. Okay. Because I don't think its spines are going to bother me anyways. Go ahead and roll um, an attack. Are they metal spines? Uh, They don't appear to be metal now. Okay, I'm not worried about those. 21. Okay, so yeah, you're able to snatch up the dog. You grab it quickly. Your hands wrap around his throat. It is going to do its attack, and, and the spines just go shooting off in every direction. You are impervious to them. Kate, however, who's not far away, is using me for Ten cover. Cushion? Uh, you need to make a dexterity saving throw. Can I interpose myself? It's okay. As my I got reaction a twenty-four between them. Uh, just no, because they're going in every direction, and it just it happened really fast. But you are able to nimbly dodge out of the way and these quills go shooting and they're just they basically blanket this entire area and then there's a sharp sound and the dog and then stops moving huh that was fun or rather he did i I was gonna try to make some pin related you know or terrible needle like joke let's put a pin in that and we'll come back to it i told you he wouldn't eat your beef jerky pick it up (laughs) it's got it's got dog Metalness on it. Dog quills in it. Yeah. I think they're going to know we're here. I don't think it was very loud. Well, I mean, but I think when they see this, yeah, they'll know. 
Do we know where we're supposed to go? You have to go to the secret door thing and then do I can't a knock remember. Were we told that? Go through it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you basically were told to go to his office. Oh, that's right. And that's right. The, the general idea of where it is, uh, which is basically back towards the front, the, the big right. head face. I of, figure he's like at the top of the head face thing where he can stand over and look over his empire. Yes. Laugh maniacally, maybe. Um, we should go. We'll, we'll make our way there. Okay. So you Sounds guys good. start making. I just throw the dog on the ground. <laughs> okay. So you start making your way there. We'll cut back over to Everin. So Everin, you have five elven guards who have slipped off of the gangplank and are now floating in the Draymouth, sputtering and cursing each other and possibly you. And you have Garrett who's looking up and sees the elven airship, who he seems to think that is Laust returning back to the city. I will uh, just bear in mind his comment. I won't take a note of it. Um, I want my attention to be to the sergeant. And I'll say, Sergeant, uh, do you, we need to help your men, right? Probably want to head back down this way. Get some ropes. Get them out of there. Oh, there's there's a ladder farther down the dock. They could probably swim too if they don't sink first. Are your men good swimmers? I said get a rope. I don't have any ropes here. All the ropes are on deck. Well, then get up this gangplank and get a rope. All right. Well, I'll, I'll be up in one second. If you'd want to take a look, they're just off to the left there. And uh, I will make my way up to uh, up the gangplank taking caution not to slip in the grease. And as he is bending over to look for the rope, I want to take the the butt of my sword and uh, knock him in the head, knock, try to knock him out. Okay. So let's, let's do stealth first just to see if he's aware of the attack or not. This has not gone good, so I'm, I'm not expecting. See, stealth would be a 16. Okay, so he is unaware, so you can get advantage on your attack. He's been over looking through for some rope. Probably should have told him that this is my contact. Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Special Holy player. crap. Wow. wow. You've got to be kidding me. Two ones? Double ones. Nate, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Oh, fantastic. All right. So you've, you have, you've raised your hand up high above your head, and right at that time, he stands up with a rope, and you just, like, completely miss. It's like a Three Stooges bit where he's like, what's going on? And you're just standing there, but you've now got your weapon, and you're just kind of holding at him, looking kind of weird. Oh, here. Um, I, I probably thought that might need to cut the rope. I don't know how much is here. Like I said, I don't do a whole lot of deck work. Okay. He doesn't believe you. <laughs> but we're going to cut over to Lander. <sighs> so you're starting to wake up. You are tied to a chair. Oh, just like I like it. And you have a gag in your mouth. Oh, even better. Am I dreaming? Is Cassandra here? And uh, as your eyes start to kind of open up, you see Foss looking at you. Ah! Not what I was expecting. <laughs> but he uh, he doesn't ah! he doesn't have that uh, ubiquitous grin that he's been wearing before. He's not scowling, but he's just looking sort of normally faced at you as as you start to wake up. He's kind of peering into your eyes. Well, I look directly back at Foss's eyes and I say, What? <laughs> so he will uh he'll wheel himself over with his his uh, wheeled chair, get closer and he'll reach over and he'll start to undo your gag. He'll pull it down and then he'll pull it back up. Now you're not going to say anything crazy, try to cast any spells or yell or anything, are you? No. I'll take that as a no, sir. And then he'll pull it back down. Ah. Did you have uh, a good nap? Uh, I, I actually, surprisingly, it was very comfortable. Thank you. 
So, on the other hand, what the fuck is going on? Well, uh, unfortunately, you did not drink enough of the tea, and Cassandra had to uh, hit you in the back of the head. Yeah, I thought we were kind of a thing, and then she hit me, and now I'm tied up and gagged. Is this part of the routine? Do I have to pay money for this? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. No. Okay. I'm very sorry that you were lured in by Cassandra, but that is why I keep her around, just for those sorts of things. But I thought we had something. I'm sure you did, as did everyone else. But actually, maybe you do, because normally she would have just killed you, but she didn't. I find that kind of weird, so there's hope for you yet. Well, thank you. I, well, so why am I tied up? What, what's going on here? You're our insurance. But I was nice enough to come back and tell you guys the truth of what was going on. And I'm very glad you did, because otherwise Cassandra would not be at the mansion right now making sure that she gets the key. But I wanted you guys to have the key, so wouldn't it be better insurance if we were both there to help out? No, because clearly your companions don't trust us, and I don't think they would have given Cassandra the key. But they trust me, so I think it would help if I was there. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty on this, but at this point, <laughs> your survival here depends on your friends giving Cassandra the key. Oh, well, I wish you would let me talk to them a little bit about that. Well, they seem like nice enough people, so I'm pretty sure they'll come to the right decision. It just doesn't make sense, because I came here telling you that they weren't going to give you the key, and then... The only way I can get out of this is if they do give you the key. Damned situation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. You want more of that tea? Yeah. <laughs> I like you, Foss. You're a good guy. Been called worse, I guess. <laughs> and he'll actually pull your gag back up and then he'll wheel himself out of the room. By the way, Foss is a gentleman criminal. He didn't kill me. He wasn't mean. He was just he was very laid back and chill about like. We're going to kill you if you don't get it. But in the meantime... He let me kiss his girl. He let me kiss his woman, I think. I don't even fucking know what they <laughs> are. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> that was kind of nice. All right. So we'll go back to Cranston and Cade. Moving through the mansion. Um, it's pretty linearly laid out. Like, you know, obviously there are side rooms. But for the most part, there's connecting hallways that generally leads you in the direction that you feel like you need to go. Uh, there is a part where there's a stairway leading up, which you would probably assume is the way you need to go, so you take it. And then you find yourself in a hallway that leads up to a large door. And it's a richly appointed hallway. There's a marble floor beneath you with uh, some sort of mosaic inlay, like an abstract design. There's a large arching window somewhat behind you uh, on the right side of the wall, and there's just bright moonlight shining in, so you can see a perfect reflection of the window pane on the left side of the wall. There are some small statues made of marble uh, lining this hallway. There's even like a, a suit of armor in one corner as well. And directly in front of you is a very large, ornate double door. So the door is ornately carved. It's just beautiful, uh, very heavy dark wood stained it's got ornate carvings throughout it and just sort of abstract patterns that somewhat resemble things that are growing uh, definitely has dark iron hinges it also has a dark iron handle and above the door there's a piece called the lintel and that's a this is a piece of wood and it's got very elegant elvish words scripted into it and it reads shadow of light 
This is some very fine craftsmanship. Just look at the hinges and the carving. Uh, do you think we can bring this on the ship with us? Let's be honest. We didn't come here to collect hinges. You're right. Well. I will go up and lean up against the door. All right. So when uh, Cranston goes up next to the door, there's kind of a, almost like a reverse pressure. And there's no visual sign of what's happening. There's almost like the air behind you is kind of pushing you forward like a half step. And then you can hear a humming sound. And then it just stops. And Cade, roll me a perception check. That's a 12. <laughs> it, it was me. I was just humming. <laughs> uh, With my head up against the wall. There's no visual way that you can tell whether it worked, but you have a sense that something happened. I'll try the door. So it appears that the door is locked. When you grab the handle, it doesn't open. I've probably defeated the magic, but it still seems to be mechanically locked. All right, I'll take care of the lock then. So I will press on one of my boots and give you a thieves tool. Takes it and looks at it. Great quality. Proceeds to uh, jimmy the lock. All right, give me a roll. 18. You are able to pick the lock very, very easily, but you also notice some very faint scratch marks around the keyhole. This door has been picked before. So Cranton will hold out his hand for you to give him back his thieves tools. He'll hand it back. Hey, Cranton, look at this. Somebody else has been here. I noticed that as well. And then Cranton will put away his thieves' tools, and then he will proceed to open the door. So once the door is open, uh, you can see this is like uh, essentially like a home office. There's uh, bookshelves, very thick, dark wood, not, not dark iron or dark wood, but just dark wood. Uh, that lines the entire, well, basically almost three-fourths of the wall. So when you come in, there's bookshelves to your left and bookshelves to your right. Directly <laughs> opposite you is a large desk with a chair behind it. And then behind it, there's a big circular window that almost looks like a bubble. It's almost like, like the, the glass sort of extends outward a little bit. And there's also moonlight. It's not direct moonlight by the angle, but it's very visible light. And you can actually see outside of the mansion. There's uh, over on the kind of to the left of the desk, if you were sitting at it, there is a small table with like a decanters of different alcohols and cups and, and that kind of thing. And there's a few other knickknacks spread around the room. So, so Kate will look around the room for the, um, for the small little, uh, I guess, cigar shaped box that he was looking for, that, that Foss told him to look for. All right. It is right where Foss said it would be. It's on the right hand corner of the desk. Kate will smile and, and and walk over to it and uh, slowly lift the lid up, and inside he he sees exactly what he had hoped to see, a small set of pipes. So he brings the pipes up, kind of looks them over, you know, brushes any imaginary dust off of it, puts it to his lips, and um, starts blowing a uh, sea shanty tune. All right, so as the uh, the final note sort of lingers in the air for a second, you both hear a, an audible click, and one of the bookshelves to the right side of the desk actually like starts to lift up as if it, like there's hinges at the top, and it opens straight up almost like an old-timey garage door, and there is a passageway behind there, but it is clearly not big enough for Cranton. 
Kate will smile and, and return the uh, the pipes to the box and close the lid ever so slowly, doing his best to put everything back the way it was. He'll smile at Cranton and says, Payday. I think this is where you step in. I think you're right. Kate will kind of uh, walk on over there and, and slide, being the halfling. He'll step into the, I guess, kind of larger hole for him since he's small. Yeah, you're, you're, you fit very easily. So once you cross the threshold, the uh, there's basically like a spiral staircase in front of you. And it's very narrow and very steep. And once you get about three or four steps down, you actually hear that the door is starting to close behind you. So, Kate, you start going down this very narrow spiral staircase. Uh, again, after about the third step, that's when the, the bookshelf secret door starts to close. And there's a little bit of light not a lot, but it's almost like the walls itself are just very lightly glowing, just enough for you can to see what's going on. Uh, you go down, you would guess about three stories of distance around this spiral staircase. And then it comes out and there's just like a five foot hallway from off the top, bottom step. And there's a door in front of you. And this just looks like a very plain, unadorned door. Like you would see in any place outside of a rich elf's mansion. And that's the only thing you see in front of you. All right, he'll slowly kind of, you know, look around the room to make sure that there's not any hidden hidden pressure plates or trip wires or anything. Right. Um, Give me a perception check. Ten. You do not see anything obvious that would be a detriment or a trap to you. I love tents. <laughs> tents are fun. So he'll continue on. He'll walk up to the door. He'll turn the handle. You turn the handle and the door opens easily uh, there's no even creak of hinges like this obviously is a well cared for door but it does swing open almost as if the room beyond was like slightly lower and that just causes almost like gravity to open it up and when it opens the room inside illuminates kind of like the walls behind you but much brighter so it's fully lit room so now our point of view sort of shifts and spins around and we're looking directly at Cade right in his face your eyes are growing wide as you take in what you're seeing inside this room. Is This is a fairly small room. We'll say it's about 10 feet by 10 feet square with the, the door coming in on the center wall. Doesn't appear to be any other way in or out of this room. Perfectly bare. And in the center of the room is a darkling that is encased inside some sort of like crystal cocoon. So it's you know irregularly shaped. It's opaque so you can see... The darkling inside there, it's got its its hands up as if almost as if it was like trying to fight off something, and its right hand is exposed, so it's entirely encased except for its right hand, which is just outside of the crystal cocoon, and there's only one thing you can say. Huh. Well, that complicates things. Go ahead and roll a perception check. 20. So you are standing there taking in the scene, and you catch a shimmer or a reflection off of the crystal cocoon that you think that there is something that might be above you up against the ceiling. Is it movement? Yeah, there's just like very subtle movement. You just see this almost like a reflection in this crystal sort of mirror. Uh, Cade's going to kind of dive roll forward and, and, and come up, you know, looking up at the ceiling. All right, so as you dive roll... There's two shirkin that just go right in the floor, right where your feet were. And then a sort of lithe figure drops down, is now standing in the doorway where you were, clearly feminine, but 
head to toe, almost like a ninja, like dark leathers, face covering. Evening. Cade, it's a voice you recognize. You know, I don't think this is how, this is not what I had in mind when we talked about giving you a key. I didn't envision it was shirkin shaped. Well, funnily enough, we learned that you weren't planning on giving us this key. So we had to improvise. Really? Yes. Are you missing a crewmate? Are we? I believe so. You know, perhaps I do care about him more than you. But yes, Lander is currently being held by Foss. And if you want to see him ever alive again, you're going to let me walk out of here with this key. And she actually will show that she has already gathered it. And it is a crystal key with a stem with some symbols carved into it. So you take my crew member. Technically, he came willing. Why do I entirely believe you on that? Boobs. Answer me one question, then. Sure. Why does Foss need the key? (sighs) Can't tell you that. You said you would. I said you could ask. I didn't say I'd answer it. Pretty please? No. Then, unfortunately, I can't let you escape with the key. I was actually hoping you'd say that. Initiative. (laughs) Uh, 18. You actually get to go first, but before that, we're going to cut over to Cranthon. So, Cranthon, what have you been doing in the last, let's just say, two to three minutes that Kate has been gone? The bookcase is closed back behind him. You do not hear anything coming from below there at the moment. All, all I would have done is tried to bar the door, like the one that goes to the room that I'm in, okay, so where like... this bookcase is. So, I would just try to break off a piece of the desk or something and try to lodge it into the door. So that it won't open? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so you are in the process of doing that when you hear a sound, which would now be to your right. If you guys remember when you came into this room, I described that that window that sort of extended out, almost sort of like a bubble shape. And there's now a figure basically like materializing inside that bubble. And you see an elven magistrate dressed in fineries, and he looks up at you somewhat startled. I want to run over and get as close to that thing as possible. Oh, no. To deactivate the magic. (laughs) Initiative. Sorry, that's awesome. And choke him. (laughs) (laughs) I got a 10. Okay. So as you start to rush over, the figure materializes fully and says, Carnemiliata. And your body freezes mid-stride. And the basically your body is no longer responding to your commands. Your your mental presence is still in there, but you no longer have control of the body. We'll back, jump back down to Cassandra and uh, Cade. You are first to act. The, she has dropped down, so she's basically between you and the doorway now. You were just sort of over next to this uh, darkling in a crystal encasement. Okay. What I am going to do is draw the rapier. And I am going to try and knock her down, you know, try to basically dash over towards her, and I'm going to try and knock her out. Roll your attack. Seven? That's going to Do I have advantage on that? You do not. Okay. So she is going to turn, and she's actually going to deflect your attack and counterattack with a 24 for six points of damage. And she... She casually blocks your blade, and she just lazily counterattacks, and the her, her it's a short sword, sort of digs into you, and she's got a big smile on her face. She's very excited about this, and it's back to you. 
Does it bother you at all that he trusted you empirically? No, it makes me feel so good. Oh. 19. 19 will hit. Uh, that's going to be nine points, in, and I'm going totally on the blade this time. Okay, so you bring the blade just across it. She she sort of ducks to the side again, but your attack has a little bit more uh, savagery to it than she was expecting, so it, it pushes through her, her block and bites into her side, and uh, she actually takes her hand down the thing where she, she'll uh, bring up the blood, lick it off of her fingers, and then she's going to uh, return and attack you. With a 20. Yeah, that, that'll hit all day. For six more points of damage. All right. Do you like it when I stick it in you? She comes up really close as she drives it in. She'll give you a little, a little kiss on the cheek. Yeah, I like it real good. I'm going to take the wand from her. I'm going to try and take it from her. So, so it's not what you mean, the, the, the key? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you're gonna like. So, so if she gets up real close to me, I'm kind of going to grab a hold of her and, and try and and grab her wrist and, and twist her arm, you know, to spin her wrist around to try to get her to to drop the key. Okay. So basically, we'll do that as a grapple attack. Okay. And then if you hit, I'll have her roll a saving throw to see if uh, she can hold on to it. Ah, uh, no. Okay, so you attempt your maneuver. She easily reverses it, and you actually find yourself being grappled by her. And she's now like, she's right behind you, and she's just like breathing onto your neck. And she's breathing, not heavy from the exhaustion, but she's she's excited. She's excited about this. She has the keys to the dark discovery. Uh-huh. She just took them from there. <laughs> 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 you have no idea how mad Lander's going to be when I tell him this. You're assuming you're still going to be alive to tell him anything. No, I'm pretty sure I'm going to live. All right. I, I want to spend my hero token. Because okay. I'm going to be a hero today. <laughs> okay. Well, what does that look like? So she's kind of got me um, around the neck and in, in the arm, uh, around the neck, and is looking for a, a tasty place to uh, plant that dagger of hers, I'm sure. So... I am going to just throw my head backwards and, and kind of crash it into her nose and and, and stun her. And it, as she's flying back, I'm gonna reach back, grab a hold of her head, and kind of flip her over my shoulder into the darkling. Okay, you spend a token. All that absolutely happens. She goes flying head over heels, and she actually crashes into the. Um, Darkling in the crystal cocoon thing. Hoping that the Darkling still has some consciousness and perhaps might squeeze. The Darkling's hand will actually just wrap around her ankle and she's being held, not completely off the ground, but like slumped upside down by her ankle. And then we'll cut back up to Cranton. So this figure who's somehow caused your body to stop working has this big sort of evil grin on his face and starts walking up towards you. And uh, he just sort of like stares into where your your face essentially would be and says, I can't even imagine what it's like for you to be in there. Who, who are you? And if you try to respond, it doesn't work. So you know that he's not necessarily asking you. He's just sort of talking to himself. How did you get in there? We didn't even know that was possible. This is amazing. And he's just kind of like the whole time he's like walking around you and he's sort of like touching the arm and, and, uh, you know, just kind of looking at your body. I'm not, 
I might have to see if I could get him one of those. That would be that would be better than the thing I'm wearing now. I wonder if I could get you out of there. I bet I can. And he goes over to his desk and he starts rummaging through drawers. All right. So we'll jump back over to Everin. Garrett looks at you, sees the sword in your hand and your terrible attempt at trying to bypass it. He's like, hey, man, we're on the same team. Don't you know? Didn't he tell you? What's going on? No, nobody told me anything. What do you want with our captain? And I'll take like a, after hitting that, I'll take like a half-hearted swipe at him to know that I'm still pretty serious. Okay. So he'll just sort of step back as, I can't say it, but we're on the same team. Everyone will pause for a second and he'll just kind of like narrow his eyes at him. What did you need to talk to Kate about? About the key. You're supposed to bring it to me. So uh, when he says the key, he will slowly put his sword back in its sheath and he will um, turn his head and direct his voice over the railing. Oh, there's that rope, Sergeant. Let's th- let's throw it over, Lieutenant. And I'll keep. I called him Sergeant earlier. I know. And Captain. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll keep my eye on him the whole time as All I'm right. talking. So he he grabs a rope and he'll throw it over the side, and then he looks over. He goes, "That's loused. If they're there tonight," and he just sort of like shakes his head. So now we will cut back to Lander. Foss has just rolled out of the room, and uh, you're left to your own devices for a few moments. I want to use Chill Touch. Basically, it's an icy kind of hand that attacks an enemy, but I want to attack the ropes and kind of freeze them so I can just break them real easily. Okay. That works for me. So you do so. And then I jump out the window and escape. Okay. There's no no window. Uh, You'll have to go out back into There's a window, and I jump out it, and I escape. (laughs) Okay. You do so. Okay. So now we go over to... Kate and Cassandra. So Cassandra is upside down, grasping the hand of this um, figure. I actually think it's technically now her turn. So she's going to take a swipe with her sword and try to cut the hand off and free herself. And she misses terribly. Um, So she uh, basically is uh, disoriented and she hacks at it, but, uh, but misses, hits the crystal cocoon, and it starts to spiderweb crack. She's grappled, right? So I have advantage? Yes. I'm going to sneak attack her. Okay. So a 19, so I should hit, I hope. Oh, yeah. 21 is he takes the the basket hold of his rapier and just clubs it into the back of her head. You do substantial amount of damage. This does not knock her out, but it definitely gets her close. And then she lets out sort of a grimace. She does still doesn't scream. She's like... If you kill me, Lander's dead, and neither one of us want to see that. Why does Foss need the key? I don't know. Do I believe her? Roll. Twelve? You're not sure. Like, you don't know that she's lying, but she could be lying. It's, ask again later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Damn. I'm going to club her again. Okay. Uh, Well, she will still take her attack. Okay. She does hit, so I'm going to say that she basically slices the hand off and slumps to the ground, but she's still prone. And it's now your turn. She's prone. You still have advantage. Oh, good. <laughs> Damn. 13. 13. Uh, echo and a hit. Yay. Oh. <laughs> 12 points of damage total. All right. I'm doing subdual. Okay. She <laughs> and is unconscious. Take the key. All right. You have the key. 
Does she <laughs> have anything on her? Uh, she has lots of weapons. Oh, you know, those are getting all left behind. She's got okay. Two booby traps. <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, the crystal started to crack? Does the darkling react to having no hand? Uh, no, it does bleed. But it bleeds. Yeah, it's it's bleeding. But like, uh, I mean, like it has a heart pumping, gushing or oozing. Dark oozing. Kate will take a, take a couple seconds to bind it. Okay. To bind the wound. Uh, he he feels some affinity toward the darklings for some reason. Is there evil bastards who try to rule the world and are vicious ales? Well, maybe that's what history says, but look who wrote the history. That's right. History is written by the victors, mm-hmm. which are the elves who are vicious assholes who try to take over the world. Yeah. And he'll he'll take out his, his uh, set of binders and lock up Cassandra, hoist her over a shoulder, and walk on out. Okay. So we'll cut back over to Cranston, who the elven magistrate has gone over to his desk. And uh, go ahead and make me a will saving throw. Charisma or? Well, no, I guess in this case, charisma would make more sense. 17. As the magistrate is going over to the desk, you you have that thing like your finger starts to kind of wiggle. Like you haven't gained full control, but you're in the process of fighting for it. Uh, you can use a token or you can make another save. Either one, if you pass, you will gain control of the body. 16. So you are able to regain control of the body. Excellent. Am I facing towards Laos? Yes. I will go into a full sprint and run over and choke him. <laughs> I right. love how your your attacks are. I choke him. <laughs> well, he's playing a monster. All right. So yeah. So you are able. You um. He doesn't realize that you've gained control of the body yet. So you are able to because it's just a few steps. You rush over. And you can tell he's trying, he's getting ready to say the word again. And he's like, Gluck! and then you just cut him off with your hand around his throat. And I want to pin him to the ground while I'm choking him and say to him, uh, you'll never be inside of one of me because you don't have a neck. And then I'm going to rip his <laughs> neck out. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Cade, the, you, uh, the door opens just in time for you to see oh. Cranthon <laughs> ripping the head off of the Elven Magistrate. Holy shit. It's Laos. I think he's on to us. <laughs> we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look who I found. I found Cassandra. She stabbed me. I figured as much when the door was open that she would betray poor Lander. He's so naive sometimes. I think we're going to have to make a detour to Voss's place and maybe get him out of there. Yeah. Let's get out of here first. Did you get the key? Yeah, I got it. Excellent. Has he got anything on him? Blood? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Some neck blood? Um, yeah, oh. now might be a good time to search for magical he, bonuses. He would have uh, some like, rings on, some jewelry. Uh, he's, you know, he's dressed as a magistrate, kind of high-end. Uh, like, I'll robes. just pick him up. All right, so you, you have the headless body of Laos. Well, I just ripped the neck out, so the head's probably still on there. Oh, okay. Well, because we need to get our payment. Here, because that was that was we got to keep whatever was inside there. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's wearing a necklace, <laughs> probably not anymore. Did you keep the hand of Does the it fit properly? No. Did you I keep didn't. the hand of the darkling? That might have been worth something. I kind of felt bad for him. I hope we could reattach it. There's maybe a speaking get, of that. Maybe we should get the darkling. Put him in our storage with, unit. With the the crystal cocoon, you couldn't get him out, but it already started to break, so you might have a chance to 
That's a good idea. Maybe if my magic, my anti-magic field was around it. Can you? You can't get in there, can you? I could squeeze. You would have to destroy the walls to get in. I'm fine with that. No, that's a lot of attention. It'd take a while, wouldn't it? Yeah. Hold her. Okay, she's dead. What? <laughs> You'll come back. She has no head. <laughs> oh, oh okay, I pick I her up it. by the neck and throw her over my shoulder. <laughs> so while you're doing that, we will cut back over to Lander. Lander, you have made a mad dash through the city, I assume heading back to the ship. Correct, correct. So Everin, you and Gerd are helping the elves out of the water when you see Lander come rushing up towards the docks. Does he say anything when he sees us? I do not say anything. I am clearly in an extremely bad mood at this point. Just fucking pissed. Like, you might even see, like, lightning arcing behind me at this point, because I can't <laughs> control my magics, that I feel so deceived and just so angry at this point. So do you, re- so do you recognize any of the guards? Do you do anything that would make me uh, have to... Again, talk fancy to the to the lieutenant. It was at that time when you jumped out the window, you realized you were on the eighth floor. <laughs> <laughs> Regret filled lander. <laughs> I I pretty much walk up to the plank into my room without saying a word. However, if there is a person in my way, I am going to cast some furious magic at them to get them out of my way. So like grease. Well, that, like grease. That would be interesting. Grease. Yeah. Like so, me. as it so happens, well, because these are elven soldiers, you are a non-elf. If you cast magic in their presence, right, right. Well, Lander right now is just so fierce and so blinded to like what's going on around him. He doesn't care. He's just so angry at the world right now for being so betrayed by his love that anything in his way between him and just sitting on his bed with Alby. Is going to get destroyed. All right, so this is a high or low to see if any of these elves have managed to get in their uh, get in your way. I'm going to roll high for good. Okay, by happenstance, they they are all not in your way as you walk up okay. the gangplank. You almost see like maybe a red slash black aura going around Lander as he's just so angry. So Garrett will look over. Everyone like, will. What's up hold, with that dude? <laughs> Everyone will hold up a finger and say, "Oh, that's who I was looking for. Give me one second. And I will, <laughs> yeah, I will walk over to uh, to Lander, and I'll grab him by the shoulders and turn him toward me. Uh, and I'll, Lander, and if he doesn't respond, I, I'll take a hand off his shoulder and kind of slap him softly on the cheek. Lander, look at me. Knowing that's Everin, and only because it's Everin, I will quietly say, "Not tonight." And I'll turn around and walk towards my room. I'm glad you're okay. I was just going to go out and look for you. When these guards came, door slams behind them. <laughs> Not oh. a single word you just said landed on ever, or, uh, on Lander's ears. All right, I'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> and Everin will turn around and walk back over to Garrett, the sergeant. That was interesting. Yeah, I he was the one we I. Uh, all right so we'll cut back to cade um cade you're down there with the crystal cocoon and are you just gonna like start smashing on it yeah okay so you hit it two or three times and the spider web cracks continue to just sort of expand and and go all over it and then after a couple more strategic hits pretty much like the top third just sort of falls off it's just almost like an ice block of ice just cracking and crumbling and there's 
like a, a beat where the body just it kind of slumps forward like you would expect a dead body to do in that that case. And then there's just a <gasps> deep breath as eyes open up and it looks at you. So cold. And then it slumps over unconscious. Huh. 